We are not telling you to quit your job. Here at Out the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast, we are teaching you exactly how to gain your freedom as a healthcare professional in places that school never taught you. This is OTC University, and class is in session. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast. It's your boy, Paul. On this episode, unfortunately, unfortunately, Carl couldn't make it. Look, he's uh, gone through this process of making sure his internships are good. Shout out to all my PTs. You already know what that process is like. So he can't be here on this, but believe me, I'm going to hold it down for everybody because you know what we do. On this episode, I am joined by one of the greatest coming straight from Texas, Miss Aliyah Mara. She recently graduated their master's in marriage and family therapy last December, and she's a huge, huge, huge advocate for mental and emotional health, especially within the Black community. Shout out to us, right? One of her long-term goals is to create a community center for families to receive holistic services, basically a place where families can thrive. Aliyah, Say what's up to the people. Hello, everyone. Um, thank you so much, Paul, for inviting me onto the show. I'm very, very honored that you would invite little old me to your show. Um, I'm definitely very excited to talk about mental health within the Black community. Um, definitely, like you already mentioned, you know, I'm very big on empowering people. Um, I'm very big in making sure that people have mental and emotional wellness in their lives, whether they're whether that's to a family, a couple, individual, whatever the case is. Um, mental and emotional emotional health. I'm your girl. Boom, boom, boom. And listen, before we get into it, you know, we usually try to get straight into it for the audience, but the reason why she's here today, and I need to express this because a lot of y'all be tripping. This is what it is. A lot of y'all be tripping over all these things that are going on in your life and you refuse, you refuse to address it. So we're going to talk about it today. So if you're driving, pull over, if you're at the crib, sit down, if your kids are playing around, put them in bed, Get your notepads out. Let's get into this. So, Leah, first questions first. Why did you choose the field of therapy? Like, what about it drew you into it? Of course. Um, so there are definitely several reasons um, why I chose to pursue um, getting my master's in marriage and family therapy, and then subsequently why I wanted to get my marriage and family therapy license. Um, and so one reason is because <clears throat> um, the way that I see things, I see um, I see couples and families as like the basic unit of society. So if you can empower a couple to have healthy communication, or if you can empower a family to have healthy communication, to have healthy ways of regulating their emotions, healthy ways of communicating those emotions, then that kind of has exponential impacts in society because from there, what you learn in, in your home you know, your kids grow up, you have coworkers, you have friends, you know, you have a community of people that you interact with. So those skills that you learn um, about mental and emotional health, um, those things are able to affect society um, if you start, you know, with the subsystem of the family. And so that's one of the reasons why it drew me is because I think it's very, um, it's very easy for people to, um, to dismiss mental and emotional health because it's not tangible. You can't really see it. You know, um, 
although you can see the implications of it, you can see the impacts of it, especially maladaptive behaviors, but you can't really see um, anger. You can't really see sadness. You can't really see miscommunication. And so I think that people easily can dismiss it. But I think in order for you to have a full life that's abundant, I think that not only are you, you know, it's important to have good physical health, um, not important to just, you know, have a job or have those things, but also to have healthy relationships as well. I think that's really what takes life to the next meaning is when you, um, you know, have healthy relationships that you can spend life with. That makes sense. You definitely just mentioned, um, and it does make sense, right? You mentioned something specific because, it, and I want to just jump into it. Okay. Okay. Um, because you know, me as a black man, um, you know, right. usually like this stigma, right? That we and I ain't gonna lie to you, I've done therapy like once in my life. And that's because our teacher offered us credit, extra credit for class. So I was like, I'm in there, right? But you know, I, I noticed that like as, as a black man, and especially as a black business owner, here's here's where it really starts to play out for people like me, right? Where there's this idea that we have to not only do it on our own, but basically be the ones who have to figure out like how to press forward. Like we got to be the ones that got to do the extra work. But unfortunately that takes a toll mm -hmm. on us. Right. And, you know, it's something that like, and I've been transparent with my, you know, audience, that's something that like I had to address early on in my business career. <laughs> it was affecting my relationship my not fiance, shout out to her. But it, it it was affecting that, right? Because I was at a point where I was like, yo, I need to like push so hard. But then it's like, I, I can't even function properly because something's not right, right? So the first, the first thing I really want to ask you on the back end of that statement is when it comes to like a lot of these, a lot of people are, are in business and they're married. A lot of people are in business and they are in relationships, but let's focus in on that. When it comes to a lot of those marriages and relationships that are part of a business, have you seen, or what do you think are things that people tend to miss, which causes them to have a lot of these issues that if they were addressed at the start, it'd be like, okay, cool, with a little speed bump, but y'all got over it versus they become these like, business breaking or this relationship breaking trauma experiences, right? What are a few of those things that people tend to miss that they're not even aware? Like, you know, if you just figured this stuff out early, y'all be straight. Okay. So, um, so I want to kind of like generalize a little bit. Um, so my, my training, I spent a lot of time with couples. Um, so couples, like families, individuals. And so one of the things that I do think is important with couples is um, really making sure that each person in, the, in the, the couple dyad has similar values. And what I mean by values is that both people um, that they sort of are able to, um, like where the end goal is or where their, their destination that they're going, that those things are aligned. Um, it can be difficult if you're with somebody that doesn't have the same vision for you or that doesn't, that doesn't see the same end goal as you. Um, and if you're not aligned in that way, um, for me, I consider that to be purpose. So if the purpose, if y'all's purpose or y'all's callings are not aligned, then that can be difficult. Um, 
because really you guys have two different destinations and you can be fighting against against each other and not even realize it. So having similar value systems, having similar belief systems um, and having similar visions, I think are very, very important. And that kind of goes back all the way to the dating phase, like even before you decide to be in a relationship or you decide to be married to somebody. Um, but for couples who are, um, you know, already in that relationship or who are already already in a marriage, I think it's very important for, for, for you to have a level of self-awareness to know like your triggers or to know um, sort of the things that like irritate you or, and having an understanding of why. I think that self-awareness piece is very important. And then from there being able to communicate that to your partner. So that looks like saying, okay, you know, when you were, you know, at the office late until 10 o'clock, I felt neglected or I felt like I wasn't important. And so um, I'm asking if there, if we can maybe come to some sort of a compromise, maybe Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, you know, you can work late, Tuesday, Thursdays are reserved for the house or reserved for the family or some type of agreement that way you're able to communicate, you know, what it is that you want, how that person's um, um, actions are impacting you and then kind of being able to come to a compromise in that sense. So I would say one, um, definitely having similar values and then two, being able to communicate um, effectively like your emotions. And that includes understanding why you feel that way, understanding how the, your partner's actions impact you. And then next being able to ask in an assertive way what it is that you want. And so I think those are things that are very important um, in a couple dynamic, especially if, you're, um, if your partner is you know, pursuing a business or any type of really life pursuit or life accomplishment in general, that's just a part of life. How, how do people actually identify? Because I think we kind of mentioned it a little bit, but I, I don't want, I don't want to miss this. I don't want people to miss this at all. Yeah. But especially when it comes to identifying a lot of those things, like the emotions we're experiencing, especially because they're not tangible. We can't touch them, Right. I can't touch when I'm angry. I can't touch anger. I can't touch happiness. I can't touch joy, sadness, none of these things. But I, I mean, by the grace of God, I figured out how to be self-aware and self-assess, but not everybody can do that. And so let's really help them there for a sec. When it comes to processing and identifying our emotions, right? Just give us like, don't give us the deep stuff because folk got to pay for that. But give us the surface, like, how do we identify our emotions? And I, the reason why I asked this, because, and I remember a couple of years ago, somebody once told me like anger is not like, what is it called? A primary emotion? I think somebody said that to me, right? It's not. Right? It's like, you don't feel anger. Anger is a response to something else that, that whatever, right? So kind of break, you know, that level of emotions down for us, right? And maybe even like, give us like two, two give us two emotions. Um, I'm going to go with, not anger, I'm going to go with overwhelm. And then I'm going to go with um, maybe not sadness, but disappointment. Okay. Let's talk about those two things, overwhelm and disappointment. Mm -hmm. Y'all are welcome. Okay. Um, we don't have a live audience. So I can't ask y'all, but overwhelm and disappointment. Let's talk about those two emotions, how they end up manifesting themselves and how people can effectively and to the best of their abilities process and deal with them. 
for sure. Um, <clears throat> so I would say the first step in really being able, <clears throat> excuse me, and really being able to like process your emotions is to be able to identify them. Um, and so sometimes for me with clients, I'll help them to first identify what they're experiencing really through their body. So oftentimes like people think that our emotions are kind of like these random dots that are like far away from us and they're not in an internal experience when in reality they are. And so they oftentimes can manifest themselves <clears throat> physiologically. So that can cause us to have tension in our faces, that can cause us to have tension in our shoulders, even in our like that can cause your stomach to hurt. It can cause you to have a headache. It can cause you, you know, you to have tension in your legs or in your toes or even in your fingers. And so I help clients whenever they start talking about things, I'll say, oh, I noticed that when you said that you made a facial expression. Or I noticed that when you said that your shoulders began to tense up. So explain to me what's happening for you right now. <clears throat> and everybody, you know, me being a therapist, I have a pretty, a pretty solid understanding of emotional vocabulary. So I, you know, I, I can name and identify certain emotions. <clears throat> Excuse me. I can name and identify certain emotions that maybe the average person can't. But what I can help a person to do is understand what they're experiencing or to maybe provide imagery or maybe ask them, if, is there like a character that they could express that that relates to what they're experiencing or, you know, a movie character or a song or different things like that, that can be expression that can create a parallel for what it is that they are expressing. And then from there, being able to talk through that. Okay, so um, it sounds like you're experiencing being disappointed. Okay, can you tell me a little bit about why you're disappointed or what made you disappointed? Or um, what are the events that um, contributed to you feeling this way? Or what about your partner? Um, what is it that they did that impacted you to lead you to this conclusion of being disappointed? So asking them those types of contextual questions to kind of help them understand, it's kind of like their emotional play-by-play. -play. So oftentimes we just recognize the behavior, but it's important for us to kind of peel back the layers to see, okay, so yes, and like you mentioned, anger is what is what we would consider to be a secondary emotion. And so primary emotions typically lie underneath secondary emotions. And secondary emotions are emotions that typically push people away. We don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want people to know what's going on with this. So we'll, we'll use other emotions to cover them up. So an emotion like anger, like jealousy, um, those types of emotions are secondary. But if you really are honest with yourself and ask yourself, okay, so you're angry because what? Um, maybe you're angry because, um, you know, really you feel hurt or really you feel abandoned or really you feel um, vulnerable or you feel inadequate. And so, but those are emotions that naturally cause people to draw into you or to draw close to you. But, it, but that would require a level of emotional safety that if you don't feel like you have, then you'll push people away instead. And that's when those secondary emotions will cover those primary emotions. And so I help people to peel back the layers and say, okay, you know, maybe, maybe you're hungry or maybe you're frustrated or maybe you feel hurt. Or like I said, you feel neglected, you feel abandoned and really kind of help them to process those emotions. But first there has to be emotional safety in order for people to be able to do that. And so I like to, um, when I work with couples, I try to help each partner to be able to create that emotional safety with the other partner 
So that way they will feel comfortable to be vulnerable with them. And when you're able to be vulnerable, that's when true intimacy can happen. Not just physical, but emotional intimacy. Dang. <laughs> that was, that, wow. Um, I, I, Does that make sense? I hope that that it makes sense. sense. It makes sense. I just need a moment to process. That's okay. Take your time. Hey, you just drop some, you just drop some fire. Nah, for real, like that's that's actually so dope because I think, and you know, it's it's interesting that you mentioned like sometimes people feel jealousy and they cover it with anger. Or sometimes people feel, I, I'll be the first to tell you, I've been one of those people sometimes in business, especially where I felt insecurity or like yeah. I felt like, I guess that's insecurity too, not feeling worthy enough, Yeah. right? So covering that with like, yeah, being like all tough, like, yo, I'm not worried, I'm chilling, I, you know, it's whatever, right, kind of thing. And so it's interesting that you, you mentioned that, because I think that's something that needs to be pointed out for a lot of people listening to this episode, right, where they probably are experiencing situations where it's like, maybe I feel abandoned, maybe I feel jealous, maybe I feel insecure, maybe I feel like I'm not worthy enough, maybe I feel like it's never going to be my turn. That's another one. That's another one right? Shout out to all the business owners. One day, time is equalizer, but it's never going to be my turn. So let's kind of now transition to the, to the other side of that and what that looks like in a healthy way. And the reason why I ask that is because I don't want just people to listen to this and be like, Paul's just coming at me. But on the other side of that, let's talk about what it looks like to be able to feel and express emotions in a healthy way. So let's take those same two disappointment and overwhelm and being able to like I actually read something last night that and it came from a disappointment perspective but it was like it's okay to feel sad about doing the right thing yeah right and I read that and I was just like I don't think people ever listen to that like nobody ever says that out loud it's okay to feel sad for choosing the right thing So now the question becomes, how then do people express that in a healthy way? How then do people take that disappointment or take that overwhelm or take that frustration and and put it in a way that like benefits them? What does that look like? Yeah, so ways of um, healthily expressing emotion and even dealing with, you know, life stressors or what we call healthy coping mechanisms. So, you know, emotions are a part of life. I really don't like to use the word negative emotions because it it can sometimes be a barrier for people to express them. But I think it's important for people to know that um, I, I would kind of describe emotions to my clients as your body's way of giving you information. And it's up to you to determine what the proper context for that is. So your body's trying to communicate with you. Your body's giving you messages. Like that's literally what emotions are. They're like neurotransmitters and hormones that your body, like that's a chemical that your body has created and it's sending, it's emitting a message for you to, to, to know something. And so it's up to you to figure out you know, what is my body trying to tell me? What is the proper context? What is the message? So I like to think, and that experience is a neutral experience. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just, it's just a way of communicating. But let's say emotions like disappointment and, you know, being overwhelmed. Um, 
I would encourage people to listen to their body. So, okay, you're feeling overwhelmed. So let's explore that. Why are you feeling overwhelmed? Is it because you have too much thing, too many things on your plate? Is it because you feel like you're stretching yourself too thin? Is it because maybe your perspective about the situation, maybe there's a different way to look at it. And if you look at it a different way, then we could help to alleviate that those feelings of being overwhelmed. Um, so that's like from a, just an understanding perspective, but um, healthy coping mechanisms are ways to deal with that, are ways to address it. And so that can look like, you know, if we are talking in the context of a relationship, being able to talk to your partner and say, hey, you know, this is what happened to my on my day. This is how I'm feeling and venting about that, not allowing that to be bottled up and just full transparency. Like that's something for me that I'm still learning to work through is not bottling things up or not um, because I am, I'm a very deep intellectual person. So I'm an observer. So I internalize a lot. I take in a lot. And so sometimes I can implode with my, my own thoughts and my own emotions kind of just staying in my brain. And so one of the ways that I try to cope is with journaling or with listening to music or my best friend just bought me um, a guitar for my for my birthday. So I'm in the process of learning how to play the guitar. So that's a healthy way. So creatively or doing art or, you know, singing or drawing or working out. Those are all healthy ways of coping with your emotions or dealing with them. Um, that can look like having girls night. That can look like hanging with the fellas. That can look like hooping. That can, you know, it's it's a lot of different ways. You just have to find what works for you. Um, and but it's it's it is easy sometimes. Um, a healthy coping mechanism, if taken out of context, can also be a poor coping mechanism. So it is kind of a fine line between, you know, trying like even talking to someone about something. Um, in therapy world, if you use another person as a way of trying to relieve anxiety without really going to the actual person that you have an issue with, we call that triangulation. And that can be unhealthy. So instead of like, like let's say you and someone get into it, but instead of going to the person that you have an offense, you go to somebody else that has nothing to do with the situation and you talk to them about it, but you never go back to the source. That's talking about the situation, which can be healthy, but you bring that other person in and not going to the source of the issue is triangulating that person. And that is actually maladaptive. So that's what I mean by, you know, good coping mechanisms are just a little sometimes, you know, inches away from being a poor coping mechanism. It's just all about the context upon which you use them. So, or even like, let's say working out, but if you have negative body image, then that could be a negative coping mechanism that, you know, can also be a positive image. Or let's say eating, you know, eating is a good way to nourish yourself. But if you overeat or if you emotionally eat, that can be unhealthy. So it's all about context. It's all about what is the purpose behind that. Um, and it's also about, are, are you really processing it or are you just kind of drowning it or trying to avoid? That's kind of what makes it, the, the differentiation. It's a lot. Sorry. Don't apologize for breaking our brains. Uh, listen, no, that's okay. I have to ask you this question and then we can, we can, we can wrap it up. Okay. And I might have to explain what I mean by this. But then that makes me start to wonder, right? And this is something, you know, I've dealt with. I know a lot of people that I personally know have dealt with this as well, um, and especially like business owners, right? 
when they're going through that process like as a business owner this is like beautiful part of like your journey when you're about to like release this thing you've created into the world and and all kinds of thoughts come into your head right so it makes me start to wonder are thoughts real and what i mean by that is unless you understand what i mean then but what I mean by that, explain like, and provide some context, okay. and then so I'll. Understand. What I what I mean by that when I say our thoughts are real, so I, I'll use myself as an example, and I also know it's an example that hits other people. But I remember like when I first started being in the business world, and I was doing my very first launch, and I started to almost create this space of anxiety because. Yeah, you know, this, the part of the business, like, at least for me, part of like being a business owner was like, bro, I am so dope that I'm going to speak what I'm working into existence and, and I'm going to go after it. Then I was like, my words are so powerful that I could think the opposite and somehow we'll end up in that scenario. Right. And so what would you, what I thought was happening is so I'm asking our thoughts real. What I thought was happening was like, I was like, yo, but what if, what if we don't hit the sales goal? What if people don't want it? What if all these things are starting? And I'm just like, what if, what if, what if, like, what's going on? Like, this is going to happen and I'm going to, you know, just go down that rabbit hole, whatever. And in reality, it's just like, right now, you know, this happening. Nobody's thinking about stuff like that. Nobody is <laughs> looking at your product and hating it. No, like, it's just all up in here. Right. So that's why I was asking, are thoughts real? And the second part of that becomes like, how do people actually deal with that? Because I, I personally know like the stories that I can tell myself and I've found a way to basically just be like, stop it. This is not a real situation. Like it's just in your head, just deal with what's in front of you. Right. But how, how can people deal with like, basically those, I'll almost even call them crippling thoughts that prevent people from acting out in their full potential. Because I know business owners who've had those thoughts and something that they were going to charge five grand for, they charge 500 bucks for. Because they just had this one thought that told them, I don't think anybody's going to buy it, you know? And so let me make it cheaper. How, how do people deal with that stuff? Because that's, 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 that's the stuff that, to me at least, is like... I don't think people really know how to deal with that because everything is real unless somebody like actively says, no, it's not. So how, how do people get in front of that? So I want to answer your first question and thoughts are absolutely freaking real. Like they are definitely real. Um, and, you know, having mental strength is, is like, it's, it's like a, it's like a muscle, just like the muscles that you have in your body, um, you know, you have to exercise in order for them to grow. And the same thing with, you know, mental stamina, uh, mental strength, you know, being able to um, go against thoughts that are negative or that are not, or again, I don't really like to use the word negative and positive, but just unproductive or not beneficial um, that don't help you get to where you're trying to go. Um, and so um, there is a technique that's called th um, thought stopping. Um, it's a it's a cognitive approach um, coming out of like cognitive behavioral therapy, but it's a technique that um, that therapists can use with clients, and it's training people to one identify that they're having a negative or an unproductive thought, 
and it is finding alternatives to that thought. Um, and so it's, that's how you're stopping that thought. I mean, that's like a clinical perspective, but I want to take it, you know, not necessarily a clinical direction, but I think it's, it's important for people <clears throat> to be able to find the root of that thought. So, you know, one of the things that we talked about a little bit earlier is that insecurity and really figuring out, you know, where does insecurity come from? Why do I feel this way? Um, and one of the things is, again, encouraging yourself. Um, one of the things that we can sometimes do is called like confirmation bias. And that is when you look for information to prove your hypothesis while simultaneously ignoring evidence that goes against it. So we'll look at our situation and say, well, this isn't gonna happen because um, this person didn't buy my product, this person didn't like my post on Facebook, this person um, kept swiping and ignored me, but you'll also forget or ignore the times when people did buy your product, when people did give you positive reviews, or when people did, you know, encourage you, this is great, you know, I'm so glad that you created this product, and the same energy that we put towards negative thoughts, we can put that same energy towards a positive thought, and so um, I think this is also important why, or it's important for us to have community, so people that can see our vision, people that we trust, and people who can speak life into us, even when we're, we're feeling inadequate or we're feeling low, or we are suffering from that imposter syndrome, or we, you know, aren't uh, being encouraged. So I think that's important for us to have community. I think it's important for us to, you know, be mindful of the thoughts that we think about ourselves. Um, and then going from like a, from a from a Christian perspective, one of the scriptures that I like to rely on is it's in Philippians, I think four and something, one of the, I, I don't know the full address, but it says, you know, whatsoever lovely, whatsoever pure, whatsoever noble, whatsoever true, that true part gets me every time, is whatsoever true to think on these things. So, you know, we have doubt can, you know, be in our minds, it can, you know, run rampant, but I actually wrote a blog post about this. It's called Doubting the Doubt. So the doubt that we have um, the doubt that we have is real, you know, it's, it comes from fear and sometimes fear is healthy. Like you being afraid to touch the stove, that's good because then it keeps you safe or you, you know, being afraid to leave your door unlocked. That is a healthy fear because it keeps you safe, but it's when that fear is no longer advantageous is when it starts to cripple you, that it becomes a problem. And so thinking on the things that are true, thinking on the things, you know, let's say you are trying to launch a product and you have these thoughts about what if, what if, I don't know, you know, okay, well, what is true in this current moment? In this current moment, what's true is that you've done the research to, to give validity to your project. You know your niche you know your consumer, you know what you know the person that you're advertising for, you know what it is that they need, you know that your product meets their need, you know that, um, you know, and if you don't know these things, then do the research to figure them out. Like that's okay. But what you but think about the things that are true. And you know, what's true is that you haven't put the product out yet. So you don't know if they are, they aren't gonna like it until you actually put it out there. And so um, I think one of the things in like this influencer entrepreneur culture, I saw is that people have to see something about seven times before it begins to stick. <clears throat> so not being intimidated or afraid if you, know, you do put something out at first and it doesn't bite. Okay, cool, well be consistent, remain loyal to your plan, remain diligent to your plan. 
<clears throat> and, and, and be willing to bet on yourself because one of the common threads that I've heard from like every success story is that they were one diligent, they were consistent and they believed in themselves when nobody else did. Um, I follow uh, Michael Todd and I listen to a lot of his sermons. And one of the things that he says, well, he says two things that I really like. One is that um, all you have is all you need. So whether you're, whether you have two follows, whether you have you know, a consumer base of five people versus 500 versus 5K, all you have is all you need. And as you continue to be a good steward of, of what God is giving you, then that's when he'll allow the increase to happen. That's one thing. And then secondly is, is crazy until it happens. So yeah, people can talk about you and say, oh, your little business, oh, your little brand, oh, your little whatever. But it's only little until it blows up and then it becomes big. And then it's like, oh, okay, like now I want to ride the train, but it's like, nah, like it's cool. You can say where you at type thing, but, but it's crazy until it happens. Like nobody believes you until it happens. Like nobody thought, you know, even the Olympics, you know, how people, you know, these people are training their whole lives. It's been all this time. And it's crazy until you get the gold medal. It's crazy until you, you qualify to go to, you know, I think it's Tokyo or China. I, don't, I forgot where it was, but it's crazy until it actually happens. And so having that type of mentality or that type of drive. Um, and then again, having people in your corner that can be your support, even when you are struggling to see your own vision. I think those are the things that make people successful is discipline, being committed to their vision, to, you know, betting in themselves and really trusting in the gifts that God has given to them. And then thirdly, having a community of people that believe in the vision just as much as you do and that are encouraging you along the journey. You just spoke to my heart. You just spoke to my heart, yo. Um, <laughs> especially, you know, all you have is all you need and it's only crazy until it happens. That's that's, that's all my thought. I, I can't say that. Oh, I know, I know. Believe me. Shout, shout out to Mike. Permission. Shout out to Mike. Um, no, that's real. Let me ask this last question. I know in the month of August uh 2021, at the time of this recording, um, you've been doing this challenge on Instagram. And I've I've been looking, right? And I just kind of want you to talk a little bit about it and then help us be able to maybe include it or incorporate it into our lives right and so the two main things are i'm grateful for and i get to now you may not know this but i have been following along with it this entire month and i've actually like basically every morning i've started that as like part of my journaling process where because like what you do i just like i'll start with like i'm grateful for being alive or getting another opportunity and I get to, and what that's done for me, and I'll share this and then we'll go into, right? What's that, what's that? It's allowed me to frame my day a little differently. I was already starting my day like it was fire. I ain't gonna lie. Like my day was already dope, but now it's almost like basically allowed me to almost, I'm, I'm not gonna say bulletproof my morning, but because I'm just in that frame of mind where I'm like basically saying, today I get to do this. I am grateful for this the first two things that are coming out of my mouth besides good morning to my fiance are just these things. So talk to us, how did this start? How can people to utilize this? Where can people find it? Like all that, give it to us. 
Um, well, first, I'm like super honored that you've been observing this whole time because I definitely had no idea. Um, but that just speaks to like, you know, you never know who you're impacting or you never know, you know, why your consistency matters. You know, people may not always say something, but they may, but they still pay attention. Um, so that's just a whole nother sidebar. But um, so for the month of August, um, today's actually the last day, but for the month of August, I decided to, you know, host my own gratefulness challenge. Um, and so for me, the reason why, you know, full transparency, um, I, you know, noticed that, you know, I would see people saying like, you know, they are really loving their lives. They have so much joy, you know, they're just, they're just on this like cloud nine, you know, but I was being honest with myself and I was reflecting and I was like, I mean, my life is cool, but I wouldn't just say like, it's super great or it's like the best thing ever. And so when I started to do, you know, research and trying to like figure out you know, how I can incorporate more joy, more peace into my life, you know, I really looked at that in order for one to be joyful or to be happy, um, that really stems from gratefulness. And so it can, it's very often for us to say, you know, if I had X, Y, and Z, then I'd be happy. Or if I had this thing, I would be happier. But the truth is, is that that's not true. And the reason why that's not true is because with every blessing that God gives you with every level that you matriculate through, there are going to be things that you enjoy and there are going to be things that you don't enjoy. And so the enemy can, um, uh oh, sorry about that. The enemy will trick us into thinking, well, for one, he'll only allow us to see the, the good things. So the benefits of that season, that experience, that blessing, and he'll either distort the truth about the negatives or the um, the cons, or he'll cause us to overlook that or to minimize that. And so that's why it's not true that if you had X, Y, and Z, you know, you would be happier because just like there are things that you're going to love, there are going to be things that you're not going to enjoy, the things that you're going to have to, you know, work harder to appreciate. And so, and like, for example, like one of the things that people commonly say is, oh, if I had this job that made more money, then, you know, I will be happier. Or if I had this relationship or if I had, you know, whatever, you know, I would be happier. I remember when I, um, I also wrote a blog about this too in my singleness blog, but I remember when I was in college, I didn't have a car. And I would be, sometimes I'd be so sad or I'd be disappointed or I'd be frustrated because I didn't have a car because all I was seeing was like the freedom that a car gives, you know, being able to maneuver how you want to, you don't have to rely on people to get you places. But one of the things that comes with, with the freedom of having a car is having to get regular maintenance and car maintenance, y'all, is expensive. Like every time a light comes on, I, I just... <laughs> I get anxiety because I'm like, Lord, how much is this going to cost? I don't want to pay for this. This is a lot. You have to get gas. Like you have to make sure your car is clean, make sure it's well oil. You have to get oil change, all that stuff. So it's like, yes, a car does give you freedom. It gives you the ability to get you from point A to point B. But there's also things that come along with that are maybe not so pretty that come with the car. And everything about life is like that. And so that's why it's important to practice gratefulness. And so because I wanted to gain contentment, I wanted to gain more joy, I wanted to gain more peace in my own life, I decided to go on a journey for myself. Um, and so I created this template. Um, you know, like you mentioned, the first thing it says, um, 
I am grateful for. And I choose three things that I'm grateful for. And I wanted to be intentional about not just saying life, clothes, shelter, you know, the typical things that people all go around the table and say for Thanksgiving. But I want to, not that those things are not important because they are, you know, especially to a person who's been homeless or a person who, you know, maybe your parents didn't have money like that. And you, you know, you went to, um, what do they call those stores? Um, thrift stores. Like you, you couldn't afford name brand. You couldn't have, and that's nothing is wrong with that, by the way. I don't want anybody to think that there is, but maybe you had to go to Goodwill. So maybe now in your life that you do have clothes, you have options. You, you know, you can pick what you want to wear. Now that really is something that you're grateful for because there was a point in your life where you didn't have those options, you know? So that is something that I wanted to be intentional about is really to look in my own life. Um, because honestly, like, yeah, I'm a therapist, but I still have struggles like everybody else. And so I experience depression. And sometimes, you know, I have moments, um, you know, I've dealt with suicidal thoughts myself. So just, you know, full transparency. But I wanted to be, I wanted to have more joy in my life. I wanted to have more, um, I wanted to really be able to look at my life and say, oh, this is great. Oh, this is wonderful. Um, this is what I have going for myself, you know, these types of things. And so that's why I created that challenge. Um, and I wanted to encourage people, you know, really to have, really to have that insight about the fact that if having more things in your life doesn't mean more happiness, because there are going to be problems and things that come along with that. And the second part of that is I get to blank. And so one of the things that, you know, I, I wanted to be intentional about <clears throat> is thinking about things that maybe you dread doing, like, you know, with my car maintenance, for example, you know, I get to take my car to have oil change. Instead of saying I have to, I'm going to say I get to, because to the person who rides the bus or takes the Metro, they would love to have my car or the person, let's say, you know, I think at the very beginning, my grandmother was in town because my mom had surgery and I had to wake up and take her to the airport for like, so I think like 4 45 5 o'clock that was early I didn't want to do that but to the person whose grandmother passed away they wish they would be able to do something like that so I get to wake up early and take my grandmother to the airport I get to you know <clears throat> you know I'm like I currently live at home with my mom because I'm I'm trying to set up for a house so at times I don't always you know like living at home because I wish I had my own independence or I had, you know, of course I have the choice to do that, but I'm trying to make a temporary sacrifice for a permanent, you know, gain. But, you know, I, I get to stay at home. I get to live rent-free, but not everybody has the opportunity to do that. So just being intentional about having a perspective change, because my experience, you know, when you ask God for more things or when you ask God for something you know, he's not going to always change your situation, but if you are willing, he'll change your perspective about the situation, which can give you joy and give you peace in the midst of whatever it is that you're going through. And so that is, um, that has been my journey that, and of course, you know, there's still times where I'm human. So I still have my feelings of, you know, oh, I wish, you know, I had a job that made more money, or I wish, you know, I had these different things, but um, I've still, it's been, it's allowed me to have more contentment and more peace with where God has me currently. And so I, although my challenge is ending for the month because this is the last day in August, I still plan to make that a daily practice of just finding and being intentional about, you know, really, like really, really thinking, like really, really pondering. Like one day I think I'll put windows and that could seem like, 
okay, like windows. But I realized because I was able to stop in my moment, I'm working from home. So me, me being able to look out in the windows, like that gives me peace. That gives me serenity. Or even like in the morning, like I've been more intentional, like, I can see kind of the sunset from how my bedroom is set up, but I've been more intentional about looking at my surroundings and looking like that's a window is something simple, but it's a simple pleasure if you allow it to be type of thing. So, um, so yeah, that's been my gratefulness challenge. And although it's concluding, um, I still plan to practice gratefulness as a part of my life. And I encourage you all to do the same. So Look, that to the audience. Who we got to charge y'all for this episode. We have to charge y'all for this episode. I'm going to send you the invoice. We don't have to charge for this episode. Um, No, no, no. Uh, We're not going to charge you for this episode. But what we are going to do is we're going to tell you to get your phone out and text us. And here's why. We always tell you this every episode. And just people do it. Some don't. and, And I'm tired of it. Okay. The number, the number is, um, oh shoot, I forgot the number. This is amazing. I've never forgotten the number before in my life. Wow. All right, this is what I'm gonna do because I forgot the number on this episode. The first five people, the first five people to text us at 321-384-6275. Again, that's 321-384-6275. The first five people to text us the word shirt we're going to give you all 50% off our t-shirts or, well, it's not winter yet for y'all. So we're not going to release our hoodies just yet. But if you're on the YouTube land, you see, I've got the gray hoodie on. Carl has a red. We have the black. We have the white. We look fly. we got the shirts. We have it all. But all you got to do is text the word shirt to 321-384-6275 or text the word study guide because we take these notes for you and we do the work for you so that you can be able to utilize, apply and put to work the things you heard on this episode. So in order to get those notes, text study guide to 321-384-6275. Again, that's study guide to 321-384-6275. Leah, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to our people, to talk to me, to talk to Carl, who's not here. And <laughs> you break um, a lot of this down for us because it's been so dope and we really appreciate the opportunity to get to listen, first of all, uh, to be able to learn and then to be able to take the stuff and apply it. Like for real, I'm not, I'm not just saying this just to say this, like for real, this has been fire. <laughs> like this Great. is crazy. So Great. thank you for that. Um, look, just in case, cause I know people will want to at some point, just in case people want to reach out and, and get in contact with you, give them the socials, give them the whatever, how can people get in contact with you? Where can they find your stuff? Yeah, so um, um, my Instagram is um, sophisticatedly underscore me. Um, or you can just type my name, Aliyah Mara. Um, and the, it's sophisticatedly me. So S-O-P-H-I-S-T-I-C-A-T-E-D-L-Y underscore me. Um, and then my name is Aaliyah, just like the singer, A-A-L-I-Y-A-H. And then my last name is Mara, M-A-U-R-A. So that's my Instagram. Um, I also have a blog. I know I mentioned it a little bit here and there um, on um, 
the podcast earlier. So my blog website is www.sophisticatedlyme.com. So it's pretty congruent to make it easy. Um, And so that's me. I talk about mental health, faith. Um, I also like to cook. So I have recipes on there as well. So faith, food, and mental health are my niches. So I would definitely love to connect with you if you have questions about mental health. Um, definitely, you know, DM me. I'm public, so um, my DMs are open. Serious inquiries only. Please don't waste my time. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> so yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm very, you know, like I mentioned before, I'm very big on like mental and emotional wellness, especially within the Black community. That's like a huge passion of mine. Um, I want to make therapy popular for us. I want to make it you know, um, I want to make it appealing, especially for our Black men. Um, you know, Black men need therapy too. Black women need therapy. Um, so that's that's my that's my MO. And it's definitely a pleasure. Thank you so much, Paul, for the invitation. And I look forward to, um, you know, maybe more talks in the future. Who knows? So stay tuned. For sure, for sure. Listeners, uh, last thing I got for y'all, look, if, if you got some value from this, if you enjoyed this, if you know somebody who would enjoy this, send us to them. More than anything, go on, open your phone, go on to the podcast app and leave us a review. It could be five star. I'm not going to complain. But leave us a review because that allows, one, the platforms to tell the people like, yo, this stuff is dope and people need it. And then two, it allows us to be able to take this and then tell the people that actually need to utilize this, that they too can actually get what they need and get that game right here at this platform so with that being said we will see y'all on the next episode peace thank you for listening to another episode of off the clock don't be shy to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast see you next episode